Spawnerly is the premier podcast spotlighting people of color. Every week, we talk news, what we've been playing, and tell you who's invited to the cookout. Our show is all about talking about gaming through a prism of blackness, because we are the culture. Welcome to Prakaka, y'all. What up, what up, what up, everybody, to the Spawn On Me podcast. I'm your host, Kali Fadams. What the D.O.B. I hope you all doing a, hope you all doing, I hope you all having a wonderful day. I hope you're having a fantastic week or that you had a fantastic week last week. Thank you, everybody, for checking out the show, uh, giving us some love and sharing some good words about the episode. It's always fun to be able to kind of dig into some fun stuff in that way, and it's always dope to be able to have some good feedback come back towards the show when we put out some dopeness this week. It's going to be a pretty short episode. There's a couple of things that are in the mix that happened this week that I want to dig into. Um, definitely want to talk about uh, the Silent Hill uh, conversation that came up because there are now uh, a bunch of Silent Hill games that are going to be out in the world. There's also going to be some new Resident Evil stuff out in the world, which is going to be really, really cool. And I got a chance to finish the Modern Warfare 2 campaign, um, which was... I'll talk about it a little bit later. And I want to talk a little bit about Gotham Knights, which is um, something that's been on my mind because I think the internet has gotten it wrong uh, on some of those counts. But at the top of the show, uh, I do want to say and to give you a heads up because this weekend, Sunday on October 30th, it'll be me and Rihanna rocking on twitch.tv slash spawn on me with our Spawnies nomination show. So if you know... We have been partnering with Grab Labs to find a fantastic way to get all of you involved with the show. For the Spawnies, it's going to be dropping in January of next year uh, for our Game of the Year show to have all of you participate and vote for the games that you want to see in the show. And then this weekend, we're going to talk about those. We're going to let everybody know what you voted for, uh, and I'm really excited for it. It's been really cool to have this be a extension of our show. It's been really cool to see so many people come to uh, the conversation and, and throw their name in the hat for some of the conversations there. Uh, so that that's been pretty dope and fantastic, and I'm, I'm really proud and happy that we're, we're making that thing come to fruition. It was a, a thing that we wanted to do last year, but we just didn't have the means to do it and the kind of ways and technology to do it. Now, we're going to have that be a part of our show this year, which is really freaking dope. So, uh, I think the first thing we should do is we should get into some news for the week with the 411. So on the 411 this week, we got some really awesome, interesting news about Resident Evil because they had a showcase that talked about some of the expansions, some of the games, some of the stuff that they are doing. Uh, to refresh the Resident Evil franchise in a way that feels pretty fun and interesting. Um, I am a big horror fan, as you can tell, and you know a lot of the games that I love are are, are getting some remakes. We, you know, you might have seen me uh, on the Dead Space stream a couple of weeks ago, uh, hosting that or co-hosting that, um, and and now we're getting this kind of just like cavalcade of dope 
games that are in that genre right now. Um, I think it's a really interesting renaissance for horror in the gaming industry right now. I think a lot of folks are coming back to horror in a way that feels um, really good. And we're seeing some franchises come back. We're seeing some new additions to some stuff. So that's always really, really cool. Um, so Resident Evil uh, is going to be breaking out into a couple of different things. So Resident Evil Village, um, one of my favorite uh, games in the franchise, is coming out with some expansion content. Uh, if you remember, towards the end of that game, spoilers, there was a young woman that became a part of the conversation. Um, and now she is getting her own DLC. Rose, Shadow of Rose is going to be coming out. It's going to be taking place after the main story and gives players the control of Ethan's daughter, uh, whose name is Rose. Um, it's 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 kind of cool because Rose is not like her dad, uh, where Rose, uh, because of the circumstances in which she was born, um, has powers. And she's trying to figure out ways to get rid of her powers, which is something that I would be like, man, look, I have powers. Why are you trying to let me get rid of my powers? I want to keep all the powers I got uh, because, hell yeah, I got powers now. <laughs> I'm not trying to give those things away. You mean I can fight demons and I can do all that kind of stuff and... And, and, and fight monsters with, with my hands. Like, you know, I'm okay with that. I'd, I'd rock with that. There's no way in hell I'd give up powers if I had powers. What? Yeah, black people, you know, last year or the year before that, we had a day where we were supposed to get powers. We didn't get powers. God dang it. I'd take those powers and I'd run with it. But uh, Shadows of Rose looks really interesting. It looks, it looks kind of cool. Um, it feels like we're in this weird spot too, though, where, you know, games have come out and you have this waiting period for DLC, which again, like DLC isn't a thing that is easy to make. It is a hard thing to put together. It is not something that just magically happens. You have to put a lot of resources towards making something like that come true. But I think most teams have an idea of where they want a story to go, or at least, you know, where they want some of the next layers of the content to come from. So Shadows of Rose makes a lot of sense, especially because you know how the way that that game ended. So, you know, during the writing process, you would figure, oh, okay, we have this baked in, but it was, it was wild. It kind of felt like it took this long for Shadows of Rose to come out, which I didn't expect. I thought this was going to be something that would have happened a little bit faster in terms of something that would have come out for this game. So um excited for Shadows of Rose. It's going to be dropping actually really, really soon. Um, I think it's going to be dropping on the 28th of this month, uh, which is amazingly soon after them announcing it. So that is really, really dope. Um, there's some other layers to that too, which I think are going to be even more exciting i think you know they dropped another mercenaries mode that is going to be a part of you know the the main game is going to add some new characters to it uh, you'll be able to play some of the baddies in it so you'll be play you'll be able to play lady d in it and uh and uh the the guy with the hat i forgot his name in resident evil uh i mean that was a really descriptive way to, to say that the guy with the hat in the resident evil game <laughs> uh i forgot his name but he was like uh you know the first the first like baddie that you come into contact with in the game so it's gonna be cool to see how you are gonna play with those characters 
because like they've given them their actual like powers in the game so you have their powers plus lady d's height it's actually kind of cool to see the game from her perspective in that in that kind of way um i've never really felt like mercenaries modes were good in resident evil but they keep putting them in and then supposedly i guess people like it it must be a thing for people to dig it i just don't understand why because it's really short and it's a time-based mode and no one really cares about scoreboards in resident evil i don't think that that's a thing in a real way but it feels like that's a conversation that people are having and, and, and making that thing be a thing so uh, mercenaries is coming back the thing that i'm actually the most excited about is third person support so as a big resident evil 4 fan um having now resident evil village have third person support where you can see everything from behind camera uh or see your character from behind camera that over the shoulder feel adds just something very very different to the shooting mechanics in that game because i've always felt like resident evil was best as a shooter as a th as a third person game i never felt like the first person view really captured that in the best way um so it's cool to see them pull in this third uh person support so that third person support is going to be really fun to be able to kind of like see and feel you know the angles where you have that really claustrophobic space but you also now have enough visibility around you to make sure that you can you know shoot a werewolf in the face and exactly where you want to shoot a werewolf in the face and that kind of stuff it, it gives you a lot more perspective of the world around you and how to maneuver and how to kind of you know traverse a space in a way that feels extremely good um let's see what else was in there resident evil reverse is coming into the fold their multiplayer game their asymmetrical multiplayer kind of part of resident evil village uh it was supposed to come out at launch but it didn't um, there was some game-breaking bugs in there uh, when people played the beta test. Um, that'll launch on October 28th as well, alongside all the other Village Winters expansion. That's the Rose content and all that kind of stuff. Again, I, I don't, I don't understand why resources are being put towards this. I don't understand who the main audience is for this. It's not a thing that I have played ever and felt like it was good. Like I don't, what's the, what's the, uh, the last Capcom game that was not a fighting game that I felt was done well was damn it. I can't think of it. It's a dinosaur game that we just played a little, uh, a little while ago, earlier this year. Um, the one that's like the dinosaur PvP PvE game. I can't. I totally am blanking on the name of it right now. But that game felt like a multiplayer experience that was well honed and felt really, really good when I got a chance to play it. And mm, I don't. Mm, it just feels like this is a thing that someone in their mind was like, if we keep throwing this at the wall, it'll stick and it will finally be good and we can do something with it in a way that feels <laughs> like it's gonna keep people playing the game but when you, your base of a game is a single player game i don't understand why this is a part of the conversation it doesn't feel 
good when you play it. It's never felt good. It's every version of this that they've done has not felt good. Like Konami and Capcom must be working off the same playbook because a lot of their you know main franchise games with tacked on multiplayer stuff have never been good. Like Metal Gear Online was bad. This game is bad. Like it's not going to be good in any in any way. It's supposed to drop you know, in a couple of days. So, you know, I'll, I'll try it out and see if it's decent, but woo, not excited for that at all. Uh, alongside that, there was a conversation about resident evil four getting an updated remake, which, uh, I, mm, it, uh, what's the, what's the, I don't, I don't want, I don't want it. I don't, again, it's not like a thing that's like, well, you have to have this. This is a thing that you need to play. It's not a thing you have to, you have to, you know, actually engage with. I just want them to stop making remakes right now. Like I need remakes to take a, to, to take a backseat. I want remakes to kind of chill. I want remakes to just be like, yo, we're not going to make any remakes. Like, and it's funny because everybody's been like, I can hear people in the background right now. Kai, you were so excited about the dead space one. Why are you so hyped about that? But not about this. Because Dead Space is doing something very different. And I, I, I want people to understand that like the thing that is going to pull this game together in a real way is going to be the intensity director. I didn't really get a good chance to talk about it because I was just busy and forgot. But the intensity director in Dead Space is a game changer. I know people are going to say, oh, well, this is like the same thing that's in Back for Blood and Left for Dead and all that kind of stuff. The thing that makes that different is it's not a multiplayer game. Like multiplayer games like that need to have that kind of layer in it, not only to keep the game kind of fresh, but it's weirdly an expectation for you to try to throw some twists and turns in a game like that and have things randomly spawn and generate in a game like that, where those things don't usually translate over to single player campaign games like this, especially in horror games where the thing that you're going into those games for is to be frightened, is to be surprised, is to be startled at things that you don't expect to be around a corner. But with horror games, when you do a remake or you do, a, you know, bring back an older game, you know exactly where all the scares are coming from. So it then becomes a speed run and you're not really thinking about that. And Dead Space's tech with the intensity director is changing a lot of that in that game and in that genre. So when I see Resident Evil 4 remake come out and them have the conversation about, yeah, we're going to change things up a little bit. The enemies are going to be, you know, uh, harder to defeat. They'll, they'll kind of change their tactics a little bit. It still doesn't. And I and again, I have to play it. I have to see if there if there are differences in there that are really, you know, profound. But it doesn't feel like from the way that they've talked about it, that those same kinds of you know technological advances advancements i'm sorry uh and 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 philosophies about how we're going to interact with the player are the same and for resident 4 that again has been redone so many times now you know different different platforms and coming back out for like the seventh time this feels like the horror genre is skyrim at this point 
like I am not excited about playing Resident 4 again even with updated visuals and some changes to the way that the game plays and even the even the the even the guy who's the the merchant the what are you buying like even that guy doesn't sound cool i don't know who they got to be the actor for 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 the merchant in the new resident 4 but it doesn't sound the same and it shouldn't because it's a different time and place and different humans and all that kind of stuff but it just doesn't it doesn't sound good like i was like i heard it in the trailer and i was like ew I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I'm not really happy or excited for this. This is not what I wanted. So we'll see. I think I think Resident Four as as a thing that's coming back. I'm I'm just not excited for it. And as a horror fan, that makes me sad. But I'm also just like, I would much rather Capcom spend the time, the money, the effort, the resources to either give us something new in the IP or just wait. Like like you have so many amazingly twisted human beings working at Capcom on games like this. Like those games are fantastic when they hit and they are fantastic when they lean into all the stuff that makes a resident evil game fantastic. But the problem is we continue to kind of give ourselves the same game over and over and over again. When I'm just like, I want new, I want 2023 to be the year of the new. I don't want remakes. I don't want old stuff that's been rehashed. I want all the weird, wacky ideas that are in the back of your head. Some of those things are going to fail. Some of those things are going to pop off. Some of those things are going to be great. Like, I think about Deathverse. Deathverse is a game that is going to die. That game is not going to sell. It is not going to do well. It is not going to be a thing that people are going to play. But it is probably one of my most interesting and favorite games of this year. I mean, we all have games like that in our in our catalog where we're just like, man, I wish this thing got more love, but there's too many games out. That game is a fun game. It is a quirky game. It is a weird ass game. It is a pretty game. It is doing funky, funky stuff. And it is very, very niche. No one is going to play that. No one is playing that game. Like that audience is very, very small in the same way that like let it die had a really small audience, but that game was fire. That game was so good. So I, I, I want, I want to figure out ways to, to move the conversation towards stuff that is there that needs that groundswell to really make it pop and, and do what it needs to do. Um, Resident Evil Village VR is also coming into the fold. That's also going to be a game that's going to be out there to play uh, Village in VR, which is great. I think, you know, getting a chance to play uh, Resident Evil in VR was a really, really magical moment. It really did bring home the visual scares in a real real way um i also think that it was in a weird spot because it was coming out right when the playstation vr kind of dropped and most people who weren't excited or really uh invested in vr at that point couldn't really deal with the motion sickness because it was doing the um excuse me i have a little bit of a cold um it was doing the teleport version of movement in that game which can be really jarring especially in a game like that and you were you had that or you had the ability to kind of turn every 15 degrees which is also a, a not my favorite version of vr movement um so so it was it was a thing that i think a lot of people wanted to try but i don't think a lot of people um really really came away with in a way that felt good um and that 
that was problematic. That was that was actually like a, a, a an issue for the way that that game came to market because you just weren't really able to you know pull it all in and and and, and do some of that work. So uh, I, I'm excited for it. That I'm excited for. I want to play that in PlayStation VR. Well, ooh, here's a question now because we know that most PSVR 1 games don't work on PSVR 2. Is this game going to be made for PSVR 2? I wonder. I need to go back and look because that's going to be... Okay, instead of Capcom released Resident Evil Village will be released for PSVR 2. Okay, all right. So it'll it'll be on PSVR too, so we don't have to worry about the backwards compatibility kind of layer of it. So that's good. That means that the the fidelity is going to be there, the 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 frame rate stuff is going to be there, the VRR stuff is going to be there. Um, so that's so that's going to be uh, pretty cool to be able to pull that back in. Um, let's move over to Silent Hill. Silent Hill Two is being remade by Bloober Team, the folks who made Layers of Fear. Um, I mm, I like Bloober Team. I don't know if I'm excited about them making a new Silent Hill game. I I I don't know. It's, I'm of a couple of different minds. Like I like Layers of Fear. I like the the last game that they came out with with the you know you're splitting yourself into two. You're like in the Nether realm and the the real world stuff um bloober team has a pretty good pedigree in terms of in terms of horror games i just don't know if i'm excited about that as a developer making a game that i like and i don't want anyone to f it up uh kind of thing um the good thing is it's it'll be running on unreal 5 it'll be a ps5 exclusive um hopefully it'll come to pc so we know that the gore and all that kind of stuff is going to be um in a good spot but again like silent hill 2 which is my favorite silent hill um i need to go play silent hill the room because i heard that that was really dope um but i never got a chance to play it but i'm also just again like not excited about that whole thing like i'm just not hyped for that conversation again about like Resident Evil 2 being in the mix. I'm just like, eh, okay. All right. Like that's not the thing. I mean, look, there's going to be more, there's going to be more games that are coming up. Uh, there's going to be more joints that are there, um, that are coming out. Silent Hill Townfall is going to be a game uh, for the makers of Observation. Uh, the folks at No Code are going to be making that game, which looks pretty interesting. Um, but it, I, I, I don't. But but again, like of the games they're going to be dropping, Silent Hill Two Remake is going to drop first. Then the, the Towerfall One is going to come out a little bit later. Um, there's going to be a Silent Hill movie sequel. <clears throat> to the 2006 movie, which again, that movie was ass. Uh, that wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, Silent Hill Ascension is going to be an interactive video streaming experience uh, from the folks over Bad Robot, uh, developed by Genvid um, and and JJ Abrams Bad Robot, uh, and it's going to be made by the folks over Behavior who did Dead by Daylight. That could be interesting and see what's going to happen there. Um, I I like. 
big interactive video streaming experience things like i liked uh, the stuff that netflix did a couple years ago you know i like these arg kind of esque things these are cool to have in the mix and, and, are, and are kind of fun um but again it's not a game like it could be a game it could be the lead up to a game but i don't know i don't know we'll see uh and then silent hill f is a new 1960s set horror game uh they said this one you know i'm reading this from rock paper shotgun they said that this was the most striking trailer of the bunch of young japanese girl school i'm sorry young japanese school girl being transported into a dream world plants growing from her skin and then her whole face peeling off okay it looks it looks interesting and scary it looks freaky um but I, I, I guess the thing that I'm that I'm trying to pull away from all of this stuff is, as a horror fan, I think the things and and I'm a I'm a weird horror fan. Um, I am a very much like gore porn horror fan. Like I want to see all the body mutilation stuff, all those weird super funky gross things happen i am probably one of the only people who has been screaming from the rooftops that like i want technology to bring us closer to to body horror in ways that we've never seen before like i want to see really you know intense gross stuff like that from the video games like almost riding up against that ao rating space because i'm a fan of stuff like hostile and the human centipede and the Poughkeepsie tapes and all that kind of stuff. I want to see someone go real, real dark and not get themselves in trouble and not have the audience scream at them about making something that's really dark and gross and, and, and yucky and, and almost a little bit, almost inappropriate. Um, cause that'll be the first thing that'll happen is everyone will get really, really in their feelings about how gross the thing is and how people are getting chopped up and all this stuff. And then that'll make the, whatever team think who was thinking about doing that thing, turtle not do it. Right. Um, but so none of, and, and Silent Hill wasn't ever that game. So, you know, I'm not trying to fit a square, a square peg in a round hole. But I think the thing that did make Silent Hill, one of the reasons it was my favorite of the of the kind of like horror games was that it went into some like real gross super dark places for its time and i feel like it never really got to a spot to use the technology or to use the you know the way we look at horror now and play around with some different edges that we never got a chance to play around with before because it just wasn't in that spot for the early nineties and, 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 you know, early aughts, right? Like, I think that we had some of those games and some of those movies and some of that media in that space, but it, there was, the audience was always a little bit scared to say it out loud that they like that kind of stuff. Even now, when I say that kind of stuff, I'm like, mm, someone's going to judge me. and think I'm a monster. And I'm like, I don't care. I like that stuff. I don't care. <laughs> so I think that's part of the equation too, is like, you have to fight the internet's need to be, not as gross because everyone kind of overplays that idea a lot now. It's like, you know, everyone is in their feels and the most, you know, 
highest level. There is no DEFCON 1. It's, I mean, it's, there is no DEFCON 5. It's always DEFCON, DEFCON 1. Um, so I'm, I am excited to see where they're going to go. I'm excited to see what they're going to try to do. But the games that they shared didn't really get me to jump out of my seat. And I wasn't really just like, oh, my God, I cannot wait for this. And that makes me, again, as a Silent Hill and Resident Evil fan and a horror fan, a little sad. I am excited for games like Dead Space because they are doing something very, very different. They know their role. and They know where they're going. Silent Hill and Resident Evil have the ability and the space to be even bigger because of the horror aspect, because of the grossness aspect, and because of the space that they can occupy within the the genre. And it feels like currently, without knowing anything and just seeing what they showed, that these are going to be a little bit safe. And that to me is like, damn it, I don't want it to be safe. Anyway. Uh, moving over to Modern Warfare. Um, got a chance to finish up the Modern Warfare 2 uh, campaign. And I have to say, without a shadow of a doubt, it is by far my favorite and the best campaign they've put out to date. The end, the last couple missions are a miss. They had some really interesting potential spaces they could have gone but they went back to the tried and true let's do that last minute thing that they do every time they go into a go into a game like that um uh, and, and i won't give you a lot of detail um because i don't want to spoil any of it for you in a real way and i don't think what i just said was a spoiler but I will say I had a blast with that thing as a person who was like not really excited to jump back into the modern warfare pool like yeah I'm excited to jump back into multiplayer because they, they did a really good job of you know showcasing what multiplayer is going to be um, the campaign stuff usually is a thing that don't I, I kind of don't care as much about and just everything that they did in that game from a visual standpoint from a war theater uh standpoint from a you know my my wife walked in and she was like oh after a cuff she like watched a cutscene over my shoulder and was like oh that felt like network tv and i was like yeah i was like i'm surprised at how well the the writing was in the game because it's not a thing that you really think about that often because you know the main players you know that it's going to be especially if you are not a person who likes war or who is a fan of the military you have this understanding of like it's going to be a lot of chest beating and a lot of puffing of the chest and it's going to be a lot of sir yes sir and it's going to be a lot of espionage and people you know who are in high places of power talking down to a whole bunch of other people and making them do stuff they don't want to do and then they're going to be that other layer of the cultural sensitivities parts of it where a lot of times the games get it wrong and a lot of times you're shooting brown people and a lot of times you're in places across the world that are you know, uh, have been affected by our own geopolitical process and, and how all of those things connect. But there was some of that in the game. But also, like, 
I think you have to just turn your you have to turn your brain off a little bit to enjoy it. And that's okay. Like I again, I don't think you need to um go into everything like you're about to jump on Rachel Maddow and talk about how bad the world is. Like I appreciate the fact that there's a space sometimes where you can just enjoy a thing for what it is and then take the moment to be like, "Hey, yeah, that was kind of fucked up." <laughs> You know, like if you're a reasonable human being, you can do that work. You can be like, yo, I enjoy the hell out of that. And yeah, it's a little bit fucked up. I think it's okay. Um, and it had a little bit of both, which which I which I appreciated, but it did have the bombast and it did have the like big, big moments in that game. Like there are a couple of missions in there that are by far now have taken the 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 place of no Russian in terms of like well, not really, not, not like not like no Russian, um, but like you know, what the iconic sniper mission. Like there, there's a, a part that takes, you know, uh, uh, is is as big and as interesting and fun as that, um, and then some other stuff in there that just like really pulled together, you know, how badass it might be to be some like wild ass PMC. Or some wild ass like you know super super military person who just like gets all the toys and all that weird stuff, um, and it was really really good. It just looked really good. It sounded great. All the guns felt great. You had a lot of variety. I think one of the things that people are gonna you know trip out about is the like you know de-escalation option that are, that that's in the game. Um, there's a, there's a lot of people already freaking out about that conversation, which I think is right. I think, I think there's layers of that, of the, that conversation without getting into spoilers that I think are, are reasonable to discuss and talk about, but also like it's a, it's a video game that I think does a lot of video game stuff. And I think that that video game stuff is, is kind of okay. Um, in a lot of different ways, I'm not going to poo poo it for that. It, what I will say is that having, I think. The length of that campaign was pretty pretty spot on. It was a really good length of a campaign. I think it really brought into focus a lot of characters that you cared about over the past decade, pulling in some new folks, pulling in some old folks, doing all that kind of stuff, bringing the, bringing the team together kind of thing, uh, which was which was pretty rad and dope. Um, and and I think it does exactly what you want from a you know Call of Duty campaign to get you excited for the next one. And it also is a really great bridge into the multiplayer stuff that's going to kind of come together. Like every time I was playing that game, I was like, ooh, I hope this becomes a map. Ooh, I hope this background becomes a place that we get to play in some more. Uh, ooh, this weapon that I just picked up, I want to I use that because that feels really good. Maybe that'll be in the game. Hopefully that'll be in the game. Uh, you know, and and some gadgets and stuff in there were in that in that conversation. Like you being able to craft in this game was super weird. Um, and there are some stealthy elements that I didn't expect that kind of worked and kind of didn't. Um, but overall, like I am very very excited for what Infinity Ward and Beanox and the rest of those teams are going to pull in because Infinity Ward just kills it every time. They really, really do some great stuff, and they really just knock it out of the park pretty much every time they get get behind the the keyboards and 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 make something happen in the world. So, really impressed with that game and, and fantastic. Um, and to end out our show, I said it was going to be a shorty. 
Um, to end out our show, I want to talk a little bit about Gotham Knights because Gotham Knights, I think, is getting a bad rap. Is Gotham Knights a 10 out of 10 game? No. I think that game is around a 7 uh, From was, if I was going to give it a number. Um, is the, the, the biggest gripes against Gotham Knights for me is not about frame rate. It's not about, oh my God, it's running at 30 frames and all the hubbub that happened on the internet a couple days ago and everybody bending over backwards to figure out ways to justify what developers have decided to do with their game and give them shit and also give everybody else shit for a decision that was made that was okay. Like, again, I don't think 30 frames is not doable (laughs) as a game. Like, I think most of the stuff we played for the past God knows how many years have been sub 60 and we've been totally fine. We've been okay. Uh, Do I want everything to hit 60? Sure. Do I want, do I care if everything hits 60? No. But I think the conversation was already there. And my God, like people just jumped into the pool early and decided to swim in the shit. And I was like, this is dumb. But what I will say is I think the game is okay. I actually like it. I think it's a decent, decent game. I think the traversal stuff is kind of bad. The The ways that they want you to traverse a really big map are not great. Except for the bat cycle, which I actually really, really like. I think the bat cycle is very, very good in the game. I know people don't like it, but I think it's fucking dope. I think it actually is. It makes me wish that the streets were a little bit wider so I could have a batmobile. Um, but the bat bat cycle actually feels extremely good. Is the best way to get around the city. Um, but like when you're using a grappling hook for stuff, there's like everything feels. And this is the best way to describe my biggest gripe with Gotham Knights is the everything feels like 0.5 off. Like when you grapple and you hit a ledge, you should be able to instantly move off that ledge. And there's a stickiness, there's a stickiness that kind of pulls you to the to the next thing. When you're grappling, it feels good, but you're also like taking forever to kind of zip across a long, you know, stretch of 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 landscape. When you're fighting, the 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 button hits, even though they have like I, I, at first, I was like, oh, because I had in the back of my mind looking at all the videos that had come from before and been like, oh, well, this is a more methodical kind of game. They're not really trying to do the Arkham Knight stuff. We are bouncing and bouncing and bouncing from fight to fight to fight. You can still do that. You just have to time everything, which I actually like. It's slower and it's more methodical, but it weirdly feels a little bit more satisfying in a weird way because you're not only like because in batman in the the arkham series and all those kinds of games you're really doing one hit you're like hit bounce hit bounce hit bounce hit bounce in this game you're doing combos you're like i'm gonna hit you with this 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 i'm gonna hit you with this longer part of a string and then depending upon where i'm at i may throw a projectile to kind of get someone off me who might potentially be trying to shoot me or it'll give me a space to bounce to someone else and get into another fight. And I like that to a certain extent because it also like plays up the differences between the four characters in an actual way. 
which I also really, really like. Because the thing that I was worried about was like, oh, these cats is like all going to feel the same. But Red Hood, because he's shooting projectiles, is much faster. He has probably the fastest combos in the game. Then you have like, I think Robin is probably next. Then Bat Batgirl and Nightwing are probably tied for speed, right? But then when you start to get a little bit deeper into the systems, you're like, oh, there's a couple of things here that will help me to maneuver around a fight, help me to get from one spot to another, help me to kind of bounce from here to here to here. But it's not as quick. It's more deliberate. But I also feel like it's a little bit more satisfying in that way because you're getting to determine how much of a fight you want to engage in before bouncing to another one. And it still works fairly well, even when you're surrounded by a bunch of different enemies um, to be able to kind of do some of that stuff. There are some really dumb AI things from the from the 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 enemies like you can do this thing where you can interrogate an enemy to get more information um you can have seven people around you if you find that one person that you can interrogate everyone will stop and wait for you to interrogate that person it's like please would you like to tell me something and he's like yes i've got something to tell you and then he's like everybody wait hold on a minute <laughs> you can't fight me yet i gotta fight i gotta find out this information please <laughs> you know like yo also i don't know why i use that accent but I guess it was me trying to to play up niceties anyway, but it is a dumb thing. It's stupid. It doesn't make sense for them to stop and wait for you to fight and have a conversation and have a little mini cutscene to talk to a person about what information they want. Those dudes would shoot you in the face and then it'd be like, no, yo, I'm out. I, I killed Robin. I'm done. Uh, but they kind of make you wait. I like the enemy variety. I think some of it is really interesting and fun. Um, I really do like the way that they're pulling in some of the enemies and some of the kind of big bads like, you know, Harley Quinn and uh, Penguin and all those other kind of folks. I also really like the detective stuff that's in the game. I like the fact that they they play up the like all of these superheroes, all of these heroes have like a patrol that they do every night to go rid this, the city of crime. I really like that as a gameplay element right where you go back to the belfry you go you know basically drop in your xp for whatever it was that you did for that night um and then the next day you go back out and there's different crimes out in the world and stuff i wish there were different uh, i wish there was more variety in terms of the crimes you can see i wish that there was like more dynamic crime stuff that you would be able to like use some of your technology to kind of like perch yourself somewhere in the world and like listen around for stuff that's about to happen. They say you can do some of that. It doesn't really feel like that in that way. Um, but overall, like I like where the story is going. I feel like the game is competent. I feel like I love the, I was talking about this the other day on Twitter. I was like, I love the queer representation that's in the game, like hearing uh, Barbara talk about everyone going to the queer, uh, go, going to the pride uh, parade. And then you, you, there's this one moment where you kind of go into this old uh, theater and you pick up this piece of paper and it has like some some notes about queer discrimination that happened in the, in the gay community, uh, in the theater community. And I was like, oh, this is really cool to see uh, WB flying their flag in this way. That's kind of rad to see them kind of, you know, pulling the, that aspect into the game and into the conversation in a way where they know that there's an audience here that knows 
um, that the 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 canon of Barbara now being a lesbian and all of those conversations being in there, like there's an audience here that we can talk to in a real way, and we don't give a shit if people who are homophobic are going to play our game. They're gonna they're gonna see this, right? Or we want them to see this. Um, I love when studios do that. I, I give them massive kudos and props for doing that. I think that's brilliant. Um, but overall, like I think for all the hubbub that that came about within the game and in the systems and you know there's a lot of rpg elements to this game that are a little bit convoluted and i don't think they really mesh super well they don't really explain stuff as as well as they need to from a from a a game perspective from a player perspective but for as much as this game has gotten crap over the past six months this is a pretty okay game it it, it, with some with some refinement and some tuning this game could be a big game. It could be a really fantastic game. It could be a really good jumping off point for a sequel where they do a little bit more and they, they fine tune and they tighten up some of that stuff. So when the people are like, yo, Gotham Knights is a bad game. I just don't think it's a bad game. Like, I think it's an okay game. I think people got in their, in their expectations mode real hot, real high. And then when they saw things that didn't hit because they got sad that they were like, this is the game that I wanted, but it's not the game I'm going to get. They got real mad about it and they, they got real upset. I don't think that there's a reason to do so. I think this game is fun. I think, again, I think this is maybe a game you wait on on a sale. I don't think it's a day one need because there's a lot of games out there that are at a hitting at a higher and better kind of uh, mark. But all in all, I'm having fun with it. Uh, you know, despite what the internet is saying, I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun with a game that I'm enjoying and finding really interesting stories in there, and finding good angles, and 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 enjoying the combat and and some of the ways that the story is unfolding. I'm excited to see some, you know, what other you know, well-known enemies are going to pop up into that space, and if we get more cool gadgets and stuff to play around with, like. That's what Batman is about. It's about gadgets. It's about fun stuff. It's about fighting, you know, ridiculous enemies who dress up like penguins and cats and stuff. So, you know, this is one of those moments where I'm like, go on your gut. Like, yes, I think, you know, our job as people in the media and all that kind of stuff is to give you a good advance notice of like what things are happening. And, you know, if you trust my words and you think that I'm a decent person in terms of what I kind of like to play and are, are playing stuff on lines in that way, I'd say, go cop it, go check it out. It's not, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's a, 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 a bargain bin thing, but it is a sale thing. Like just wait, just wait a little bit for a sale. Um, before we get about it here, a couple of quick things. Uh, God of War previews have been going out. God, God of War Ragnarok previews have been going out. We did not get a code sadly from Sony. Um, we were hoping to get one. I don't know if we're on those lists anymore. Um, uh, so that means that Ragnarok stuff will not be hitting for spawn on me until probably either close to launch or post launch. Um, which makes me a little bit sad. Cause I was like, man, we've been doing the work to try to get in those spaces, but maybe we just don't have the numbers anymore to kind of do any of that stuff. Uh, we'll see. We'll figure it out. It'll be fine. I think, I think, I think one of the blessings of sometimes not getting um, into a space uh, when everybody else is, is that it gives you the chance to kind of just not think about it. Um, and it gives you the chance to not have to like jam through it in the usual way that you have to, to kind of be in the conversation when reviews drop. So it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse. 
but I'm I'm excited for everybody who's gotten a chance to play it. And so far, it sounds like everyone who has played it has had a very very good time with it. So that is pretty rad to hear um, as well. Um, so we're gonna get about it here. Uh, mad love to everybody out there out in the world. Please try to make sure you're doing some good in it. Uh, please, our nomination show is happening on the. 30th of the month that is a sunday 6 p.m pst twitch.tv slash spawn me is where it's going to be it's going to be me and re uh hosting the show i'm going to talk a little bit about um all the games are going to be uh that, that are announced uh we have a, a, a one one or two small uh surprises um, and I'll tell you uh, at least who are some of the folks who are going to be presenting in this year's award show. Uh, we'll talk a bit, little bit about who our sponsors are going to be, too, which I think is also really, really dope. Again, we need more sponsors. Please help us. <laughs> go to thespawnies.com. Go check out the support link. Uh, you can see all of our sponsorship tiers there and how you can get involved. There's a button that shoots me an email that says, yo, I want to talk to you about sponsoring the show. Um, so that'll be fun and fantastic. Um, and yeah, I'll be, I'll be away this week, uh, up at, up in Seattle for work. Uh, so we may get a stream out before then, or we may not, I'll let y'all know. Well, depends on internet in the hotel, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, until then, please go vote. We're going to be having more tweets going out this week. We're going to wrapping up all the tweets for the day. I'm sorry. All the tweets for, with all of the, um, uh, with all of the nomination categories, we're going to be putting out a couple of long threads where you can f- you can add your name or add your game, I should say, to the nomination pile uh, because the uh, voting is going to end on Friday of this week. So Friday this week, no more votes for nominations. As soon as we do our nomination show, you'll be able to vote for the winners for the Spawnies, and then we'll be sharing those in our main show in January. So much love to you all. We'll see you all. Wash your hands. Wash your butt. And until then, we'll see you next week for more Spawn of Me. Much love and peace. Peace.